Alright, everybody, welcome back to episode 8. <laughs> really? Yeah, how many episodes do you think we're going to have in a season? Because when we do it through Anchor, they make us say what season we're in. So what number do you think we should, like, start over at? 17. 17? What? That was random. That's my favorite number. 17. Well, my favorite number is 36. Okay, well, you really want to have 36 episodes in one season? <laughs> no. I think 17 is a great number to stop at. Maybe we could subtract them. 36 minus 17. Uh, 19? 19 it is. All right. Or do you like 17? No, we can do 19. 19 it is. That's two more. Is that how you feel about kids? No. You know, you've actually changed since we've started this podcast. You have changed. Because I think episode one, you were very, like, anti. You weren't going to have any more kids. Oh, I'm back on that train. You're back on that train. Yes. Okay. I think it, it, it shifted for maybe a day or two. And now I'm back to being content with my two for the time being. Mm -hmm. What is the time being? Because we talked a few days ago about that you... Well, so we're going on a cruise in... May. May. And it's really important to me that you're not pregnant on the cruise because there's a lot of... I've been pregnant on two cruises that we've gone on. Yeah. And I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can't do while pregnant on a cruise. Yeah. Like water slides and any excursions, really. Yeah, excursions are hard. Yeah. And so I've hot always... Tubs. Yes, hot tubs, too. And I've always... So I've never wanted you to be pregnant while we've been on a cruise. And what did you say to me when I said, fine, then we will not be pregnant for this next cruise? You said... Okay. You said no. <laughs> you said, no, that's so far away, though. <laughs> what do you mean we won't be pregnant by then? Uh yeah, I just don't know. I don't know what I want. If anything, I know that right now isn't the time. Right. And that's good enough. I mean, River is almost six months old. Mm -hmm. I think most normal people aren't thinking about a baby yet. I think we were just really abnormal about wanting a baby so soon after Stevie. Right. So I think we're just more normal this time around. How long do you want to wait? I don't know. I go back and forth because I really like the 17-month age gap. Mm -hmm. And then I think about how chaotic it has been. Yeah. And I just, ever since, even though Stevie, okay, sorry, what am I trying to say? Just in the last few months since we've had River, Stevie has grown up so much. Yeah. That I think, man, it would have been so much easier if she was even her age today. And we had another baby right. than it was when she was, how old she was when we had River. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even just those few extra months were really, really could have been helpful. Yeah. She has grown, like, even in this last week. Yeah. She's just growing into this, like, toddler mm -hmm. so fast. Well, okay. So, last night she spent the night at your parents' house mm -hmm. um, just for fun. She was hanging out with Isla and Beck and then just spent the night there. And she came home this afternoon and I felt like she was older. Like I felt like she was different. Yeah. I felt like she was saying more words and she was more expressive. And she really is just growing up overnight, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. 
for she's sure. so chatty and friendly and energetic. She talks to everyone that she sees at the grocery store. I know. That's always like, I think, one of my favorite moments with her. Well, okay. So today I took her to Lowe's mm-hmm. and it was just, so she's in the phase where everything you say, she says the last word of your sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm talking with her at Lowe's and I'm like, oh, should we get this? Should we get this? And she's like, this. And then I'm like, oh yeah, let's, I was like, oh, we need to get this wood. And she's like, wood, you know? And it's just like, it's so fun just to be like taking her places and like showing her the world, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's kind of just like, I don't know. It's totally, I don't know. It's surreal that we get to be the people that explain the world to her, which is cool. Yeah. I think our kids are both at a really good age right now. I really like River's age. Yeah. Like this six month stage. I mean, it's nice. He is sleeping through the night for the most part. He's been teething this past week, so it's been a little rough. But I mean, for the most part, he sleeps through the night, which is awesome. And he's just getting more aware. He's more fun. He wants to like be part of the group. I mean, babies, when they're tiny, are nice because you go places and they just stay in the car seat the whole time. Yep. Which is definitely has its perks. But then today we went out to Leatherby's with my family and he just wanted to be part of the group. Like he right. wanted to be held and just like look around and talk. And I think he's at a really fun age. Like he's just starting to eat food and he's just so curious about everything. So I think him being at a fun age and her being at a fun age, it's just an exciting time to be a parent yeah i feel like before i mean you're right even like you take two months ago every day was just survival yeah you know like she was so needy Uh and um he was very needy Uh and it was a lot of just like and then i'm in school and i'm going to work yeah and it just seemed like chaos yeah it really was And so just today, you know, being able to have her play with her toys by herself Mm -hmm. and kind of entertain herself. I mean, like, granted, the house becomes a giant mess very quickly. Yes. Because she's. Yeah. But it's just worth it when it's like we have two kids that are like, you know, maintainable. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely getting more manageable. Yeah. It's not as overwhelming. I was thinking back to that first day, the the morning after we brought River home, and I was getting him ready for his two-day appointment uh-huh. or whatever. You take him to the doctor. Isn't yeah. it like two days or something? I know there's one the next day. Yeah. I th- so, yeah, I was getting him ready to go to that appointment, and Stevie was just running around screaming, and I was trying to get him ready, and I just was like, and obviously I'm barely postpartum so I'm hormonal or whatever yeah but I was so overwhelmed in that moment like I just still remember how I felt and I just looked at both of them and I was like this is my life now like this can't be my life now question mark yeah like it was so daunting yeah and now it just feels like we're finally getting into a rhythm and a routine I feel like I'm bonding with River and River was hard for me as a, like, a parent. Yeah. Because I feel like I had just come into my own with Stevie. Yeah. And I was still figuring out her. I mean, it was... The hustle and bustle of parenthood is kind of hard for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then River was just an added... 
emotion. Mm-hmm. And so I really just looked at like a lot of different things and tried. Sorry, I just got a notification on my laptop and there goes the train of thought. Let me try to get it back. Stevie, River was difficult for me to bond with in the beginning. Uh-huh. I didn't feel like emotionally connected. I always, and I've told you this and I tell kind of anyone who will listen, I struggle with the idea of people saying, oh, from the first time you held him, you just knew oh, you could yeah. never love anything that as much. That instant love. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I don't know if it's just unique to me or if that's one of those sayings that a lot of people feel that way and no one ever says it, mm-hmm. but I just have never had that instant love. Now, yeah. my love for Stevie now is like 10 times the capacity of love for anything else. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, except for you, of course. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, uh, you know, and so River, I, I think I'm getting there. My favorite thing about River, though, is he is just so responsive. Yeah, he is. And that is so much fun. I mean, you look at that kid and he smiles. Uh-huh. And I just think that is such a fun. Yeah. And I do kind of feel like that's a tender mercy with mm-hmm. River because Stevie took a long time to get responsive. She yeah. was a very serious baby. Mm-hmm. She was hard and... Um, you know, colicky, reflexy, and then she was just very serious. Like it took her a long time to smile and a really long time to laugh. And so it's so nice that River is just this calm little boy and just loves attention and just is there and happy. Like, I think that has been a huge tender mercy with having him Yeah, for for both of us. Because, I mean, I'm very open that I really struggled during River's pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, I had to go back to therapy because I was so overwhelmed with being pregnant with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a really, really, really hard time. And I had a hard time wrapping my mind around bringing a baby in when Stevie was still so little. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was robbing her of her baby time. Yeah. And I felt super guilty about that. And then I just felt disconnected from River. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, with Stevie, I felt so connected when she was, when I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was, like, I, I was, like, the crazy mom that, like, talked to my belly mm-hmm. and rubbed my belly and just, like, really felt like I had this relationship with her. And then with River, I was so emotionally removed from him. Mm. And I don't, I really don't know why. Like, I think there was just so much going on in my life that I just didn't like, I didn't have the energy to devout so much time Mm, to that mm -hmm. bonding. And I felt really guilty about that. I don't know. Like just being pregnant with river was just, it was just different. It was hard. So we got pregnant in October Mm -hmm. and then, I mean, coronavirus, you know, I hate to bring that up and, you know, use it as an excuse and not like an excuse, but more just an explanation. Yeah. I mean, do you think at all that played a role? Because it's like you had lost, you, you're you pregnant in October. Uh-huh. We have the holidays. Like end of October, yeah, early November. Yeah, have uh-huh. the whole holidays. Um, we go on a cruise in, in March. Uh-huh. And then we come home and the whole world is like flipped upside down. Yeah. You lose your job. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. we're just thinking about getting into a house. Uh-huh. 
And I was in that weird limbo of like, am I going to get hired on after yeah. my Do internship anymore? We... Am I even going to have a job? Are yeah. we going to be able to be in a house? Are we going to be in my parents' basement, which only had two bedrooms? Yeah. So there was, I think, and I guess I say this, like, give yourself a little bit of a break uh-huh. because there was so much going on in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is very true. And I do think, yeah, it was really sucky circumstances. Right. I mean, I'm so grateful that we had him when we did, mm-hmm. but in all fairness, it took six months for us to get pregnant with Stevie. Yeah. And so when we started trying with River, we really weren't intending on getting pregnant right, right away. And then right. Two weeks after I stopped birth control, oh, I'm pregnant. Well, and, so, and even like the finding out you were pregnant was different. Yes. I mean, it was very much like when we, with Stevie, it was like. We were so excited. Yeah. And we had and, to like count down. Okay. We're not allowed to take a pregnancy test yeah, for five days. Yeah. And then every single night. Oh, I want to take one. I want to take one. I want to take one. Uh-huh. And then with River, it was like, oh, what the heck? I guess I'll take one this morning. And then I'm at halfway to work. Yeah. And you call me and you're like. Dude, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And so, like, that whole whirlwind of emotion, I just remember being like, oh, we have two. We already have one. We're going to have two. Yeah. And they're so young. Yeah. And and so I think the whole pregnancy was a lot of us not allowing ourselves to quite accept it. Uh-huh. You know? I or think we just had that... so much going on. Yes. And I think, what am I trying to say? I think I had to come to terms with the fact that I was, oh, and I struggle to say this. I was sad to be pregnant. Mm. And I, I, I again, I, I don't want to say that because it sounds terrible of me, but Okay. So when when we felt like we needed to start having Stevie or start trying for Stevie, right? Like we had six months to like really want it. Mm-hmm. Like six months of like, oh, okay, is this the month? Is this the month? No. Right. And so by the time we did get pregnant with her, we were so excited. And I kind of, I felt like it was going to be the same thing with River. Like I, because we definitely got the prompting that we should start trying mm-hmm. for River, you know, mm-hmm. but I expected it to be like oh i'm not super excited right now but it's probably time to start trying and then by the time we do get pregnant i'll be really excited and i'll be on board with the idea of two kids and then it's like i never had that time to get excited about being pregnant Mm -hmm. it just like happened right you know and so then i don't know so then yeah i i almost am oh i don't know it's such a tricky thing to even talk about because I recognize how blessed we are like how lucky we are that we did get pregnant right away like I just feel for those women who want to get pregnant right away and then here I am saying I was sad that I got pregnant so quick so I never want to discredit that but I also have to be authentic with myself and recognize that it was hard for me I wasn't excited yeah you know well and it's yeah, I just think me and you, we like we have plans. Yeah, you know. Uh huh. We and, like to, anyways. <laughs> yeah, and the plan was six months. Uh huh. And then just to have it happen, it's, 
And and I totally understand that because I mean we went to fertility doctor mm-hmm. with Stevie. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, we only tried for six months, and there's so many people that try for so longer. Yeah, so much longer. But you know, we went to the fertility doctor because we were just frustrated. Uh-huh. And so I feel like we both feel this way that if we had looked at ourselves during our second pregnancy, from our first pregnancy, uh-huh. we would have like slapped each other. Yeah. For sure. Like, come on, people. This is what you wanted. Yes. But I think we were both just so like, yeah, but we had a plan. Yeah. You know uh, what I exactly. mean? I yeah. don't know. And I think there's probably a part of me that is afraid to try for another kid because mm. I know that you just can't plan it. Because yeah. now I'm in the mindset of, okay, whenever we start trying, I have to be ready to be pregnant two weeks later. Right. But who's to say that the next time it doesn't take us a year to get pregnant? Right. And I don't like that. I don't like the unknown. I want to know exactly when we're going to have our next kid. And so it's really hard for me to like give up that ultimate control and be like, okay, now I guess whenever mm. we can just have a baby. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think it's easier to say, nope, I'm not going to have any more. Because I don't, I don't want to give up to, that control. Yeah. Because it's like we no longer have the control of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, that is just parenthood in a nutshell. You have to give up so much control. Mm-hmm. From the moment of conception. Is that R-rated? That's a little R-rated. All right. I won't dive in further on that. All right. Let's take a break. Okay. And then we'll come back. Okay, we are back. We are still here. We, uh, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I like to just take the break mm-hmm. and I could just kind of a breather, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what people think we do during the break. We just, I mean, that one we could have obviously kept rolling. It was just like a, okay, mm-hmm. good segment. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I... You know, I have a theory, Hannah. Yes, Caleb. How much do you... No, okay. How much do you believe in karma? Uh, I think a good amount. You do? I don't know. What's the context? Do you believe that if you put goodness out into the world, goodness happens? Yes. You do? But I don't think that that is purely coincidental. I think I believe in a more spiritual karma. Okay. Maybe I don't believe in like the energy karma. Hmm. Just I would say that I'm more spiritual in that belief. But yes, I believe in spiritual karma. That's my answer. That's your answer. Final answer. I like it because I have always just like I. I, you know, when you're a kid and you always. Like you're talking about God, mm-hmm. talking about the good things and the bad things you do when you think God is like check marks. Yeah. Did you ever think that growing up? Whereas like. Like what you do is a check mark. Yeah. So it's like it's a good check mark or a bad check mark. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. get into heaven if you have more good than you have bad. Uh-huh. So I, that was like a big, like a signature belief of mine growing up was this idea of these check marks. Mm. And I think I haven't given up on that idea. Now, it's it's definitely evolved. 
Because mm-hmm. I don't believe you get into heaven if you have more good check marks than bad check marks. I think, yeah, that's another conversation. But mm-hmm. I honestly believe that if enough people want something to happen, it will happen. Okay. Now, I had a philosophy class in at the U, not at the U, at UVU, where there was this idea that if there's like a penny on the ground, uh-huh. who's to say if every single person in the world believed that penny would flip, it would flip. But if one person thought it wasn't going to flip, it wouldn't flip. Do you think that's a thing? Uh, Does that make sense or no? Yeah, it makes sense. So, like, all of the positive energy of yes, it will flip will mm-hmm. make it flip, but one person will make it not flip? Yeah. I I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I just think it's interesting because I think I am of the mindset with, like, most things that you just have to, like put out positive energy for it yeah i don't know very random do you know what that reminds me of what okay this is kind of random too and this may not be what you're thinking um so i was in the high school musicals at my high school okay the musicals in my high school not Not high school school musical musical, i wish um yeah i was in the musicals hated the experience but the director that's what they're called right yeah Mm -hmm. the director of the musical we would have like the big cast meeting before the show and they stressed that like we all had to have good energy when we went out to perform and if one person didn't have good energy then the audience would feel it and pick up on it and then it would be a bad show Mm. so I don't know. And like these theater kids, not to generalize theater kids, but like they all really believed that. Like they were so in character and they were like, we have to have like good vibes, like no bad vibes about each other or about the production, like or else the audience will pick up on it and the entire show will be ruined. Mm. And I feel like that was a little bit extreme. Yeah. So not saying it's the same thing as like the penny situation, but I, I just don't know if I believe that one person's influence can ruin, can ruin mm. everybody else's experience. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. That just didn't sit well with me. Because I was like, I genuinely would not like to be here. Mm. Right? Right. But I feel like I went out there. I did what was expected of me. I was in choir. So I was required to be in the musical. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I tried out or anything. Um. But I recognized that I was required to be there. I learned my part. I learned the dances. I got a spray tan that looked terrible because it was required. Um, I did my, I did what was expected of me, but like I wasn't happy to be there. But I don't right. feel like I made the audience's experience bad. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, could it have been a better experience for me if I had more positive energy? Sure. But I don't know if I ruined somebody else's. Because mm. I didn't have good energy. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> Again, I don't really know if that's related to the penny okay, situation. Okay, so then let's change the verbiage and okay. see how you feel. Okay. 
if a hundred people have faith that the penny's going to flip. Uh-huh. And God is going to bless the faithful uh-huh. by flipping the penny. But there's those that lack faith. The so penny's still going to flip. You still think the penny flips? Yes. Because, again, I don't think that one person's negative vibes or one person's lack of faith right. influences everybody else's. Mm. No, right? I can definitely see that. Okay. And I think that's hard because vice versa, if you if there are so many people that don't want the penny to flip. Like and who's you are God like, going to favor? Yeah. Like if you're like surrounded by those without faith or those like if the entire cast of that musical had been out there and hated it the audience probably would have picked up on it. sure so it's super hard to be like the one person with good vibes or the one person with good faith when you're surrounded by so much bad right no that's true and i don't think that god looks at like oh your faith isn't great enough hmm. or your good vibes aren't strong enough but i think there's power in numbers strength in numbers yeah. Well, I guess the whole thing comes down to, like, if we take this, the the idea of the show, uh-huh. is it's like, is it going to be beneficial for you to love it or to hate it? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, at the end of the day, you're going to have a better experience if you can love it. And if you don't yes. love it, that's fine. Yes. But... If you don't, if you have a choice, Mm -hmm. do things you love. Yes, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I definitely chose to be annoyed with that whole experience. Like, I think I definitely could have put in more effort to be happier and to have a better experience than I could have. Yeah. I think I chose to be a little bit more negative. Yeah. Hashtag that was my whole high school experience. I probably could have liked it. Do you think, um, okay, so then generalizing that out to life, do you feel like you are more positive of a person or negative of a person? Oof. Like life is the stage and you are the character. Oh, that's so hard. I think I tend to be more negative of a person than positive and see that's funny because i would peg you the exact opposite i know and i think that i recognize that i think that i do a good job of being a positive person on the outside Mm. but i think if i was to really sit down and like transcribe my day-to-day thoughts yeah i err more on the negative side um there was a what is her name she's like an lds singer Hillary Weeks. Oh, uh-huh. Is that a that's Yeah, a that's person. a person. She, I don't know why I remember this, but when I was like 12 years old, I went to Cherry Hill mm-hmm. and there was a Hillary Week concert there. Mm-hmm. And me and my mom and Jacob and Megan went. And she told a story about a clicker. Have uh-huh. you heard of that? Have you heard about the clicker experience? No, I don't think so. Where you get a clicker and every positive thought in your head, you have one in each hand. Okay. And for every positive thought, you click that side. And every negative thought, you click that side. Uh-huh. And then you compare at the end of the day. Uh-huh. And she had like, it was like a four to one ratio to negative thoughts. Really? Um, and then she did it again the next day. And then it was like 3.5 to one. 
Mm. And she did it every day for like two weeks or something mm-hmm. like that. And by the end, it was like a one to three ratio where she started thinking more positively than negatively. Oh, wow. I don't know. Maybe I should try that. Maybe for Christmas, I'll get you some clickers. Yeah. I think that's a cool concept. Yeah. Because I have noticed... Okay, so that therapist that I mentioned previously that I went to when I was pregnant with River, uh-huh. in one of my first sessions with her, she called me out on that where she was like, I've noticed that you have a pretty negative self-talk. Mm. Like, the, you know, your narrative is pretty negative. And then my first thought was... Or the first thing I said after that was, yeah, I know I suck at that. And she was like... Okay, see? So that's another example. Mm. And then this last therapist that me and you went to, mm. that was, first thing she, she said out. that in the very first session that she was like, wow, you speak very negatively about yourself. And so, yeah, I think if I was to really sit there and sift through all of my thoughts, they're probably more negative than positive. Now, do and you it's, think it's because it's easier for you to blame yourself? Yes, I was going to say it's definitely more negative directed towards me. Like I don't I don't think that I highlight the negative in other people or right. even the negative in situations. Uh-huh. Um but like when I if it's a situation that like I have control over or if it's something that I've done or just myself in general, uh-huh. I think I assume a negative position. Right. And probably yeah, cuz it's just easier to blame myself. But I'll somehow make everything somehow relate back to me right and like i don't know well and and you've said stuff before like if i'm mopey mm-hmm. or i'm feeling not feeling sad but just acting tired mm-hmm. you you told me your first thought is like he's, he's mad, mad. At me. Yeah. yeah where yeah. it's like i just got a bad night's sleep and i just want to take a nap yeah but to you it's like he's mad and i don't know where that comes from like i have this it's like just so natural for me to assume mm. responsibility Yeah. for, I think I do it for good and bad. Right. But... And I was going to say that there's a, definitely a positive side to someone who so, before looking at other people looks at themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish like, cause I don't do it as often. Like if you're in a really good mood, I don't think, oh my gosh, Caleb loves me. Mm. Like, oh, I must've made him happy. Mm. I don't do that. But then if you're in a bad mood, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Right. So it's like, why? So it's kind of like working at maybe seeing both sides. Yeah. Cause I definitely, I wish I was like that. I wish I was like, oh my gosh, Caleb's in a great mood. I must be an amazing wife yeah. today. But I definitely don't think that. Right. Interesting. So, I know. I don't know where that comes from, but I definitely want to challenge that. I was going to say, so then you are therapist, Hannah. And someone comes in with self-deprecation <laughs> and negative thoughts and negative self-talk. Yeah. What do you tell them? I don't, I don't know. I just tell them to love themselves mm. and just, I don't know, give them the benefit of the doubt. I think, I think it's something that just takes constant repetition. Yeah. Like that is something that is a huge homework assignment of like go home. And listen to yourself think. Like really think about your thoughts every single day. Because like you were saying about the Hillary Weeks thing, it's only when you start to pay attention to it that something will change. Right. 
So I wish it was something because I wish it was something that I could sit down and read a book on and then be cured. Yeah. Or something I could go to one therapy session and be cured. Right. But it's like, I think for me to change that narrative, it's going to be every single day a process. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be kind to myself today. Well, and that's like a daunting. That's daunting. I know. I wish it was easier. Yeah. Well, I remember going to therapy with my last therapist, Mariah. Um, she realized pretty quickly that I had a lot of like self resentment. Uh huh. Um, and that I needed to change the way I thought about myself. And so it was interesting because what we then worked on was just like rewriting narratives. Mm hmm where we would talk and she would stop me in the middle of a sentence and oh. say, say it again. Yeah. Say it again. But be nicer to yourself right. this time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what it takes. Yeah. And it's so hard. Like, I, that's the reason why therapy is exhausting. Sure. Right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's everybody's knee-jerk reaction when something bad happens is oh go to therapy and that's beautiful and I love that but I think people think it's going to be a band-aid right fix. like oh go to therapy and you'll be fine right but it's like go to therapy and your therapist will tell you you have to go home and do this every single day and then your life will be better yeah and that's kind of a sucky thing to hear right so so the shtick for today is go to therapy it sucks <laughs> Go to therapy and it is a ton of work. <laughs> but it's so good. It's good if you end. follow through. Yeah. I think we're both guilty of times in our lives where we've gone to therapy and not been willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, we've both had times where we go to therapy and we do put in the work and we see that it is worth it. It makes a huge difference. But it's definitely not like a one stop shop. Yeah one-stop shop i wish it was me too man but i mean there is something that is a one-stop shop sometimes what is that and that's medication yes finding the right medication can change your life without you doing anything so true because there are definitely just sometimes when you've got the wrong chemicals mixing with the wrong chemicals you know it's interesting so i'm taking a new medication mm -hmm. and you know i asked her i said so what is this doing to my brain yeah right because i that's i a cool question i am curious yeah. right because it's not like, like what is it affecting yeah. and altering and mm -hmm. and it is sending the dopamine levels from the insert side of the brain i don't know left or right uh -huh. to the other side of the brain so it like creates a new channel in which the dopamine can now that's i guess i have higher dopamine levels in oh, one yeah. side of my brain i was gonna say so maybe you have an excess and yeah in a and shortage on the other side yes. or something so it is literally creating new pathways to send dopamine across my brain wow that's pretty incredible if you yeah. think about it yeah that's crazy yeah so i'm very that excites me i want to ask what mine do don't google it okay don't. I'll ask my doctor. <laughs> ask your doctor. <laughs> don't Google. Did you Google yours first? No, I just don't think you should ever Google the medication you're taking. Don't Google side effects. Don't yeah. Google what is this for. Because I feel like you're taking like an aspirin and it's like... You'll die. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So. Well, PSA. 
Mental health is good. It is. And go to therapy. And put the work in. Put in the work. And be nice to yourself today. Yeah. I think that we should tell each other two good things about ourselves. <gasps> I love that idea. To end this. Go ahead. Okay. You first. <laughs> I think I am a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And I think that I can make people laugh. You can. And you are both of those things. Okay, your turn. Okay, I think that I am very diligent. Okay. And I think that I am very self-aware and in tune with my emotions. I love it. Which can be good and bad. Yes. I think good. Right. Choose goodness. Yes. There you go. Okay. I love you. I love you too. We will do this again soon. Goodbye. Bye.